Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hey everyone, good to be back today. We head into the magical area of Europe, which I kind of toyed around with, okay, do I do one episode per country or let's make it a big smorgasbord of of countries. And I think I just, to me, the essence of Europe is this magical land where you can drive three hours and be in a completely different culture, language, architectural place. Like it's just, that is the magic of Europe. And so I don't want to discredit any one country, but I do feel that, well, Maybe we'll highlight a few and maybe we'll have to do another episode of more, but I just, my experience of Europe has been one where whether I stayed in one place for a longer amount of time, it's always been an allure to travel around. And I think many people that are North American do, I mean, even Europeans, right? They'll live in uh, Poland, but they'll summer in Croatia or they'll live in Switzerland and head down to Italy. Um, The French go down to Ibiza and Spain. Like people just, it's I feel it's always been a very migratory place. And, you know, I could compare that to the U.S. where absolutely Americans, hands down, are moving state to state. I know so many Americans that will say, you know, grow up in New York, but live in Florida and then move to Delaware and then be in California and then move to Hawaii for a little bit and then come back down to Texas and then move back to New York. Like, it's just people are also very migratory. And so when we do an episode on the U.S., we can touch upon that, too. Um, The difference is that the U.S. is one country with a bunch of states and each state is so unique. And to me, Europe is a bunch of countries that all together make this magical experience. I mean, there's so much more variability. Of course, the U.S. with different landscapes, but Europe is just each little even town has this magical history. And if you listened to the last episode on Canada, you would have heard my rant about just appreciating history more than I used to. And and the reverence I have for, well, the past in a way that um, I guess when you don't have much of a past as a young, younger person, it's hard to understand why you would have reverence for something like that, why you would honor it when you haven't, you don't have much of one yourself. Um, but the more days I live and looking at what my past has been and seeing that my family's past and as people die, it's such a, a human life is so fleeting and we hear it all the time. Make the most of your days, you know, like appreciate the time you have all these kind of cliches, but they're, they're so true. And it's almost painful the degree with which we just wish away our time or don't maximize it. You know, it's like painful to me. I've been thinking about this a lot and maybe that's a whole other episode, but just about time. I've always been fascinated with time and Europe is this portal where you can just be transported to a whole other century to me in an instant. I mean, you just go into a place that has this history, an old library, an old house, and it's like, I I can feel like I'm in 1945 or 1867 or, you know, it's just like, it's insane <laughs> that we, that we can transport that way just via the senses. And sometimes the place just feels old and it feels like, man, a lot has happened here. That feeling 
didn't used to matter to me, but now it really does. And so it's an interesting thing how our viewpoints change across time and also places. And Europe is just overall this magnificent mix of old and new of people that are living. You see people walking in the streets of Zagreb. I can just picture right now, you know, in Croatia, like my cousin, I can imagine him walking around in Zagreb, doing his day-to-day life, going to work, doing his thing. But then simultaneously think of 100, 150, 200 years ago, even 50 years ago, what was that environment? So, so different. And just to imagine the people of those days, they weren't running into like a convenience store, at least not in the same way. It's just it's the, the amount of history there is mind boggling to me and definitely see it in churches and other other older buildings. But anyhow, let's let's start with, I suppose, Croatia. We're, we're there already and definitely close and near and dear to my heart. Um, my family is Croatian down to the bone. Every single family member Uh you know, parents, grandparents, I'm absolutely 100% from there. And it seems to be a rarity or it's becoming more of a rarity these days with globalization and don't have to argue whether that's a good thing or not, but there's something so viscerally true when I go to Croatia, where I just feel at home, the language, the, the food, the cultural mannerism, like the mannerisms of people being by the sea, the forests, it's it feels like I'm home, even though I didn't grow up there. It feels like home. And that's such an interesting feeling when you haven't grown up in a place. I had a similar feeling in Brazil, oddly enough, which my family has no tr- real affiliation with. So, you know, what is home? And we could go into that whole discussion, but I'll just say, the Croatian coast is huge for tourism. So if we're approaching this from a tourist perspective, there's just no question in my mind, you'll have amazing food. Tourism is a huge industry on the coast. So you'll be well taken care of. People are friendly. They absolutely appreciate tourism. It's not a place where they don't want tourists or they're, I mean, some people are bothered by them. Sure. Cause it, it busies up their town, their small town along the coast, but for the most part, you'll deal with happy, welcoming people that want you around because you're bringing you're bringing them their livelihood. And so they absolutely appreciate it. Um, even if their English isn't great, um, which I can't say is the same in other countries, you know, you don't always feel that for in France, for example, you don't always feel that people want you there. Or if you don't know French, um, sometimes it can feel like you're, um, lesser than, but I, I certainly don't feel that in Croatia, although I speak the language, so, but I mean, I've got tons of friends that have been and just think it's stunning and lovely. And you've got Dubrovnik at the south, well, yeah, southernmost part of Croatia, where you've got like Game of Thrones esque castles and uh, beautiful churches, the coastline. Like, if you're going to go to Croatia, fly into Zagreb, please get a car and just drive that whole coast. Even better, get a boat and start from. Rijeka or start from Zadar in the top and just make your way down. There's so many little islands. Hvar is one of the most popular, but there are just, there's Kirk at the top. Like just make your way through islands. If you have a month and you want to see some islands and be in a European paradise, the Croatian coast is just, I think, unparalleled and it doesn't have the same 
it has a down to earth vibe that some of the higher class European countries just give a different feel, you know, not to say that Croatia doesn't have fine dining, fine restaurants. It absolutely does. There are amazing, brilliant accommodations that are super expensive. And there's a yacht week where you've got huge mega yachts. I mean, Croatia absolutely attracts a whole variety of, of tourists, <laughs> but just to say you can, it's accessible. You can do a, a sailboat, you can do all kinds of things and still be on the water and have that experience. So no matter if you want to be a super yacht in Monaco, or if you want to kind of be a smaller scale, smaller scale ship, uh, Croatia is just for you. I could rave about it all day. Even Zagreb is worthwhile. You it's, you know, it's the capital. So you have a big city, but the history there is, is fascinating. I mean, it's a different feel from the coast, right? But I think it's worthwhile. There's something, you know, fascinating about the major cities of Europe because they haven't become prey to the same capitalist or maybe architectural tendencies to build sweeping skyscrapers. They have maintained and preserved the the city center the church and the town square has been preserved in many, not just Croatia, but in Zurich, in um, many Italian towns. Milan is pretty built up. So is Rome. But of course you've got <laughs> the Vatican. So that's been preserved. Um, and it's not about the religious component necessarily. It's about what I was saying in the previous episode about Toronto and how the CN Tower was the focal point somehow. And, and it was Toronto was known for the CN Tower and the Sky Dome. And it was just, it was this thing that you could count on and rely upon. And now every time you go, it's different. And there's something powerful about things remaining the same across generations, whether it's the landscape, the traditions the words we use, the expressions, the holidays we celebrate, there's something to us retaining things that have stood the test of time, which maybe I sound, you know, like I'm out to lunch, but there, there's something to it. Today I was in, you know, it was my grandmother's one month math. She passed away and that's exceptionally hard in and of itself. Um, but when I, was hearing the priest pray. I just thought to myself, first of all, my grandmother taught me how to pray in Croatian, the rosary. And he was saying the Lord's prayer and this priest was saying it. And he sounds obviously, well, he sounds nothing like my grandmother, let me tell you. Um, but he was praying it. And I just, I started to cry. I could not contain myself because him saying these words put me back in touch with being, you know, four years old and my grandmother saying those words. And I, I mean, again, he didn't sound like her, but I could close my eyes and hear her. And then I thought, okay, maybe it's just because I'm thinking of her, but it almost felt like I could connect to just how many people around the world. Well, maybe not in Croatian, but even just in Croatia, how many people year over year over year over year, church over church, like generation over generation are saying these same words. There's a power to that. It's not nothing. It's not lost. It's not some new made up song or new made up lyric. It's this thing that has stood the test of time. And you can argue whether or not the church or religion is good. You can argue that all day long, but I'm not even here to, to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the value 
well, I'm here to talk about travel, but, but, but what I've noticed within travel is the value of a place retaining its unique character and tradition. And Europe has done just that. Not fully, not 100%. No place will stay the same forever. That's the nature of life as things change. But in terms of architecture, in terms of tradition, preserving landscapes and not bringing in skyscrapers, which, okay, there's nothing inherently wrong with a skyscraper, but it does change the fabric of a place to see 13 condos that are all 50 stories plus high. It's a different feeling, you know, I'd, I'd invite you to consider, I felt this so strongly flying into New York. Okay. When you fly in and you just look out the window and you see the landscape, you get this buzzing feeling, you know, it's energizing. It's, it's electric. Um, when I would fly into Zurich, it felt calming. It felt so different. It felt like almost relief. This, this shoulders down sensation that, I mean, there's an energy of a place. There's sort of a culture and an ethos that characterizes every place in my mind. And yeah, Europe and has done just this amazing job of, yes, technologically advancing, but just retaining the most beautiful parts of its history in a lot of ways. Again, not perfect, but in Croatia, you'll definitely feel just that. I mean, you'll be in present times, but you'll be steeped in a history of a place absolutely fraught with war, conflict, lots of death, pain, suffering. And yet the landscapes are pristine. It's like this paradise of a place, but it was so war-torn in my lifetime, pretty much, you know, like it's not ancient history. And it's so easy to forget when things have passed. I mean, it's easy to forget what's happened last year or what you ate for lunch last week. So um, anyway, I've gone, I've digressed substantially. Maybe this will have to be a podcast just about Croatia because there's no way I can do it all in a reasonable time frame. Croatia feels like home for me. Croatia has Burek and Strudle. You know what I had to realize? It was so funny. I didn't realize this until being in Austria. Croatian food is... I knew it was influenced with Italian food. Obviously, Croatia and Italy are close. And so as you get closer, like if you're in Pula, Pula is the only city outside of Italy that has a Colosseum. There's, you know, it used to, you've got the Roman Empire. You also have the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So like Austria and Hungary and the Italian kind of lines (laughs) merged and moved, shifted over time. And so you just, you see it. I never consciously realized it until I was in Austria and I saw this dish and I thought, what? <laughs> Why are they eating, you know, knedli? And it's like, well, they call it knudel. You know, just little things like that where I was like, whoa, this is way more uh, similar than I thought. And so Croatian food is influenced by Austrian. We have schnitzel. We're big on schnitzel, especially kind of outside, like not at the coast as much, um, but more like in near Zagreb and where you get closer to inland schnitzel's big, these meat and potato kind of goulash are big, which is, you know, I grew up Croatian. So I thought this was Croatian food because that's what we ate, but really you, you feel the strong influence of Hungary, of Austria, of Italy, and I'm sure many other cultures, um, in, and you feel it like Dubrovnik has a different feel because it's, You've got like Bosnia Herzegovina, and you get into like there's Muslim more Muslim influence, whereas Croatia is very Catholic. Um, 
And that religious influence does make a difference. Bosnia has about 50%, Bosnia-Herzegovina has about 50% Croatians, which are predominantly Catholic. So you have this interesting mix in in Bosnia of um, Catholic and Muslim. And that's an interesting mix. Um, and, and, And the religious and political landscape with these divides, if you have Serbia, um, which is more Orthodox, like Serbian Orthodox or Eastern, like Orthodox. And that even makes a change. You know, the Croatian alphabet is similar to English with some accents in there, but Serbians have a Cyrillic alphabet. And so it looks more like Russian. And there's this kind of East-West, Yugoslavia was this like East-West divide in, in this tiny place comparatively. I mean, if you look at Russia and you look at the size of Europe, um, but Yugoslavia was really this kind of, Ooh, like melting pot of all of it, all of it in this little region by the, by the sea. And it, and what a strong people, I think the culture, you know, you've got women and men that are just, it's like a strong stoic demeanor. A lot of times, um, a very, I think friendly, but you know, there's this kind of other mentality, just like everywhere else in the world. What's Salo, you know, what village or town are you from? But that's everywhere. I felt that in Switzerland. I feel that here in in uh, Canada and everywhere. Right? People want feel more comfortable with things that are similar to them, and that part of the world is no different. Uh, and you really feel it because you drive a couple hours, and you're in Serbia. You drive a couple hours, you're in Bosnia. Like these are all they're very close together. It's not the difference between Russia and France, where like they're worlds apart geographically, comparatively. So what a, what a, just you feel, I mean, there's some parts like in Karlovac, um, which is near to the border and um, west of Zagreb, like you have bullet holes still in buildings. Like (laughs) what? Buildings legitimately have holes from bullets today you could go there today and and see that it's like it's just surreal um that the remnants of war are still there um and so not only are they still in buildings but those remnants are still in people's hearts even unconsciously you know like this this character of being prepared being skeptical being um tough you know, is something that's passed down generation to generation because of the history, because of this devastation that that was there. And I mean, I'm speaking as an outsider in a lot of ways because I didn't grow up in that. I don't have that. I mean, I have whatever remnants of that I have because my grandparents and my parents were there and then raised me. So I have the remnants of that, even if I wasn't born there. But and I see the difference. I see the difference in the characters of my cousins who grew up there versus my cousins and myself who grew up here. There's a different view to life. There's a lot more skepticism, negativity, you know, um, distrust, which I can see how even people here in my culture have picked up because of what they went through. It's not for nothing. And so I think culturally, when you see someone's culture and it's not like yours and you wonder what made them that way, whatever their culture is, you're like, why are they like that? There's a storied history to this. I mean, I I don't know, maybe I'm beating a, just keep beating the drum of the same point, but I can't emphasize enough how everybody has a reason for the way they are. And um, yeah, Croatia is no different. So anyhow, let's, I I feel like keep going onto these 
philosophical discussions and it's not necessarily my intention, but you'll feel that if you're in Croatia, you'll feel the history, you'll feel that tension somehow. It's it's not dangerous. Like you won't feel any of that. It's a very fun place. But I think if you look below the surface, you can see a history of war and turmoil that was there. And now it's a beautiful sunny beach destination where people don't have to worry about anything. And they're on the beach and they eat and they drink and there's lots of great food. And, but, and of course, natural, natural beauty. Um, but there's this history below the surface that I think gives it a whole other, a whole other dimension um Plitvice, very nice so if you fly into zagreb and you are driving down to the coast to then maybe pick up your boat and sail down um the adriatic uh Plitvice are very nice there are these waterfalls it's like an absolute marvel just they're stunning and it's always busy with lots of tourists but it's worth the worth the visit because it's just stunning waterfalls so that's a nice thing in between um you have a couple of Hiking trails for sure. So if you like hiking, there's lots of kind of nature in between Zagreb and the coast, let's say Zadar, or if you want to go um, up all the way to Pula and then work your way from the very top down. Lots of beautiful nature and hiking trails to see. And then as I said, with uh, all of Europe, I suppose you've got beautiful little towns, you know, that you might just want to stop in and see someone that'll sell you a cake or pastry of some sort and just see how the real people live, you know, see what it's like in a true Croatian village. And I would advise that for any place you travel, go and see how the people live. Don't, you know, if you don't have much time or you're really dead set on the tourist spots, great. Um, But I've just, I've gotten the sense of the true soul of a place, the, the nature of a place by going into small towns and just seeing what the day-to-day of the people who live there is. So that's my biggest recommendation everywhere. When it comes to travel, go see, go see the people, go see the people of the place and maybe even chat with them if you can. Um, And you don't even have to go far because if you're staying somewhere or eating somewhere, you can just ask. And a lot of people don't, but it'll give you a pulse on, what the place is really about, what people are worried about, what what the concerns are, what the great things are, what they love. Um, it'll just give you a whole other layer as well. So history is a layer, of course, food and just seeing the the landscape of a place will give you something. But then the people in those conversations and that next layer you get. So it's sort of, I see it as these layers of understanding of a place. There's the energy of the place, the physicality, like the landscape, you have the food, you have, and culture. So traditions, the religion kind of comes in there and shows what is their spiritual approach or, or grounding. Um, how does that influence the structure of their towns or the demeanor of their people? What is it the place government, you know, the government, what's the political situation, past to present and how is that colored the way that they see the world and operate oh so many things to to note but yeah if you're just (laughs) if this feels too much go have an amazing time on the beach stay in split stay in Dubrovnik see both drive along the coast take a boat take a ferry to one of the islands if you you know if you're in Dubrovnik you can go and do um like a day tour where they'll show you three different islands. Some of them there near uh, Dubrovnik have like olive oil that they'll make or little goods, honey, things like that. So 
you could absolutely get a taste of the local local cuisine and and uh, the products that they make there. So stunning, stunning as a vacation spot. I can't say enough. Um, and it's a little bit of a different take from, let's say, Italy and Italian culture, which you might know well because it's, I think, more prevalent in North America. We kind of know what Italian food and Italian culture is. We see it in the media. Croatian culture is a bit less known and even Yugoslavian kind of that Slavic region that used to be Yugoslavia, um, I think is less, lesser known. And so it, an interesting, different approach. And of course, uh, beautiful people, if I do say so myself, so worthwhile all day long. If you love the sea, if you love little villages and good food, great coffee, drinks, of course, lots of parties. If you want to go party, you've got that. You've got ultra Croatia that takes place there. If you're into the music festival scene. So you've got ultra Croatia that takes place in the summer. Uh, but I say dig deeper and go talk to somebody at a bakery and see what life's about in Croatia. So thanks for listening. I thought I could cover all of Europe, but clearly that was a reach. Uh, I will continue along maybe. Hmm. Where's next? Where are we headed next? Maybe Italy, maybe Switzerland. Maybe we'll grab a few other countries. I got some good stories, but we'll definitely touch upon Switzerland and Italy. I've spent decent amounts of time in those places. So I feel most comfortable speaking to Italy, Switzerland, and Croatia uh, just because of my time spent there. But we can touch upon Germany, France, the south of France, another interesting spot. Um, England, Wales little bit up there and Amsterdam, see what we can do. So I'll see you in a future episode. I hope this was interesting. albeit we went on a bit of a journey there philosophically. Uh, but I think it could give you a very interesting new perspective to, to be there. And of course, amidst some beautiful landscapes. So whether you choose to go for ultra Croatia, like or ultra Europe, which is in Croatia, like I did many years ago with my cousin and have a time going out and listening to music. Or if you want more of a historical trek along different castles and museums, monuments, churches, uh, no matter what you choose for your type of vacation in Croatia, I know for certain it will be a trip that you will never forget. So let me know if you go. I've always got more specific recommendations depending on where you head and what your itinerary is. Uh, but I know that if you dig a little bit under the surface, you will be astounded at what you find. So happy travels. We're heading to another spot in Europe next. And I hope you take good care until then. See you soon. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. It really helps the show when you like, review, subscribe, or donate to support the effort to continue producing amazing episodes just like this one. I look forward to seeing you again in another episode very soon, and take good care until then.